80% good. It's better than 30. Matthew chapter 18. Got a couple of quick announcements. Our, uh, our bulletins will be on the way soon for October, uh, November. November and December for all the events we've got coming up. So be paying attention to that when it comes. And one of the things we've got coming up is we're going to do the Christmas shoes play again this year. Amen. So I'm excited about that. And uh, we did it two years ago. It's a great play. And uh, we got a lot of people to come out to it. We're going to need a lot of people for our choir. Uh, the main part's already uh, taken care of. My wife is choosing those. And uh, she's going to be working with those uh, individually. But then we're going to have a lot of people singing. We want to have live music this time compared to last time we did a lot of tracks. So um, we need choir people. So please see my wife. We're, gonna, we're only a month away from that. It's going to be the 7th and the 8th of December. So uh, be, be inviting people for that and put it on your calendars, please. That's going to be a Saturday night and a Sunday night that we'll do that play. It's a really, really good uh, play. How many were here last time we did it a couple years ago? Amen. You guys remember it? And it's powerful, powerful message. So uh, we'll be getting ready for that. Tomorrow, I want to ask you to do two things. Uh, most of you should know um, about Halloween. Amen. It's a demonic day. It's a day of... Uh, a lot of witchcraft and a lot of stuff that goes on and we don't celebrate it. That's why we do what's called the Harvest Fest as an alternative to that. Um, but I want to ask you to be praying tomorrow night because, because of the fact that a lot of demonic stuff goes on. So I want to especially ask the intercessors to spend some time tomorrow night just pleading the blood of Jesus over kids and, and, and binding the spirits of the enemy. It's a day, you know, every day the devil can move just like God can move every day. But it is a day that is celebrated. And what do, I thought about one other thing, too. Um, and I, I think this would be okay. I thought to myself, tomorrow night, everybody's going to have people knocking on their doors. Because the people that are going out don't know the difference. 90% of those people don't have a clue. They're just going to get candy. So I thought, you know, one of the best things you could do is open up your door and give them a Jesus card. Amen. So they're coming to our doors. Evangelize them. But then I thought, you know what, do one, one other thing. Do something else. Buy some candy. Give them some candy with it. Because if you give them that Jesus card and they don't get no candy, they're going to throw it away. But if you give them some candy, they might actually read it. And just tell them we don't celebrate Halloween, but Jesus loves you and give them some candy. Does that sound all right? I think that might be a good thing to do tomorrow night. So buy a bag of candy, and if they knock on your door, open it up. And, you know, those kids, like I said, those kids, most of them don't know what they're celebrating. They just want candy. So it'd uh, be a good opportunity to give them a Jesus card. But we're not celebrating it. But if they're going to come to your door, you might as well see, be a light to them. There ain't nothing wrong with candy. It's not the candy that's a sin. Amen. It's what they're celebrating. So it's a good out opportunity to outreach. Um, Matthew chapter 18. I want to talk up tonight about forgiveness. Amen. Forgiveness. This is the greatest power. Forgiveness. And Matthew chapter 18 gives us a really awesome parable of an unforgiving servant. If you've got your Bibles, let's look at this tonight. Matthew 18, verse 21. And it says, Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often should I forgive my brother that sins against me? And he asked up to seven times. And Jesus said, I don't say to you up to seven times, but 70 times seven. Now, how many know that, that that's not a specific number that you do it 490 times and on the 491st time you're off the hook? He's basically saying you don't ever stop forgiving. And 
as we begin to read this and, and, and go through this tonight, I want you to just think with you in your, for a second how, how much you've been forgiven of. Just stop there for a second and you could spend a whole lot of time on that. But I want to tell you before I read any more that I honestly believe that this is a, a, a supernatural chain. You know, it's awesome to songs they chose tonight. That was anointed of the Holy Spirit because both those songs uh, go along with this message. The first one was talking about chains being broken. And then the set, or heal, he, my healer, amen? Then the second ch- song started off with about, talking about my chains have been broken. One of the largest, biggest chains, maybe the biggest chain that can be on a person's life is unforgiveness. It is the greatest chain. And I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to be straightforward and honest about this, and I want you to let this sink into your head tonight. I want to tell you, I'm not prophesying this over any of us, but I'm going to tell you a fact, that there are going to be some people that will not make heaven their home because they did not get forgiveness in their heart. Ain't say amen or woe is me. That's a fact. All you got to do is say, that's not going to be me. But I'm going to tell you, how many have ever listened to or heard um, any kind of uh, testimonies of people who have died and gone to heaven or hell, you've heard their stories. I mean, there's all kinds of ones that have been out. I'm not saying every single one of them is true. Um, but, but every time you, I like to listen to those sometimes and hear, you know, what they say. And if it goes along with scripture, then I believe that they actually went and I believe they had an encounter and they saw things. And um, there's no doubt some of the people have died. And I remember uh, many years ago, we showed even in our church here and we showed it in Costa Rica of the African guy that was dead for three days. How many remember that? And he was dead, dead. I'm talking about not, not re- needing to be resuscitated dead. I'm talking dead with the cl- uh, cotton in his nose and his, in his feet and gl- hands with gloves and in the casket, dead. And stinky dead like Lazarus. And he was raised from the dead at a Reinhard Bonnke crusade after three days of being dead. And he was a pastor. He gave an account of when he went to hell. And he stated clearly that there were people in hell that were there because they would not forgive. It's a serious, serious thing. And I want you to think about this, and and, and I don't want you to already go, oh man, this is going to be a heavy, hurtful, painful message. No, it's a message we need to hear so that we could get our heart right if there's any unforgiveness in us. And I believe that some of us tonight could be having some chains on us that we need to let go. We need to let it go tonight and be totally free and go forward in the name of Jesus. Amen. But if you don't, it's going to hold you back. And I'm going to show you why in a second. But I wanted to say that before because I actually heard another just short account today of a a girl in Ecuador who was dead for 23 hours. And she she was speaking it in Spanish. It was about an hour long. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I fast forward a little bit and listened around to what she was saying. And they were putting English up on the screen as well. And at one part of her testimony, she said, she said she ran into her grandmother in hell, who was a Christian. This is is what she saw in her, when she was dead for 23 hours. Now, I don't know if her her grandma actually died and went to, already, or if this was something she saw to come back and warn her grandma. But her grandma was in hell, and the, the person said, I am here because I did not forgive. I mean, it's a serious thing, and I'm going to show you why in the scriptures, and I'm not, I'm not saying this to scare you or condemn you to hell. I'm telling you, you better get your heart right when it comes to forgiveness. 
That's just, it's just not, it's, it's not a, it's not something you can negotiate. And we've been talking about the rapture. and We've been talking about the coming of Jesus Christ. Don't get left behind because you can't forgive somebody. Amen. Look at somebody and say, this is good preaching. Amen. So let's go on. I don't say to you up to seven times, but 70 times seven. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king. Now watch this. Who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. God wasn't wasting ink with this parable. And when he had begun to settle accounts, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. But as he was not able to pay, his master commanded that he be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and that payment be made. The servant therefore fell down before him saying, Master, have patience with me and I will pay you all. And the master, then the master of that servant <clears throat> was moved with compassion, released him, and watch this, forgave him the debt. Amen. But that servant went out and found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. That is nothing compared to 10,000 talents. And laid his hands on him and took him by the throat and said, pay me what you owe me. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and begged him, saying, have patience with me, and I'll pay you all. And he would not, but went and threw him into prison till he should be paid the debt. So when his fellow servants saw that he'd been done, what had been done, they were very grieved, and came and told their master all that had been done. Then his master, after he called and said to him, you wicked servant, those are some strong words. I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. Should not you also have had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you? And his master was angry and delivered him to the torturers until he should be paid all that was due him. Now watch these words. So my heavenly father also will do to each of you from his heart, who from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespasses. That's a strong word, amen, church? Not a, not a word that has to scare us because we can forgive tonight. But it better be a word that tells you, hey, I, I can't mess around with this forgiveness thing. And the reason God takes it so serious is because exactly why he said that parable. The debt that we owed for our sins was an unsurmountable amount of money we could never pay, ever. And God said, I'm going to go down and I'm going to pay your debt and I'm going to give it to you freely. And although the Bible says in Romans 3.23, the wages of sin is death, although you should go to hell, although that's the place you deserve, he said, I'm going to die on the cross for your sins. I'm going to pay the debt that you could never pay. Amen. I'm going to pay a debt you can never pay. I'm going to pay the debt that I don't owe. And listen, this is what God, here's what God word, God's words are, church. Listen to me carefully. All he asks of us as believers is that we give that freely as well. It, it, it is a, a hypocrisy to accept the salvation and the freedom and the liberty and the forgiveness of God for your sins and mine and then hold something against somebody else thinking they don't deserve it. 
That's hypocrisy in the greatest, greatest amount we could possibly have. And so Jesus takes forgiveness very seriously. And I, I don't want to be insensitive tonight to not understand that you and I and many here in this place, and maybe all of us, have reasons to be mad. Have had horrible things happen to us. There's no excuse. He didn't say in here, well, if, if, you know, if, Peter, if, if they've really done you bad, then yeah, you know, just forgive them a couple times, get over it, and then go on hating them. He, he didn't say that. He didn't ask Peter, well, tell me what they did to you. Jesus said, Peter said, Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive my brother? And obviously there was something in Peter's heart, and so he was trying to, to do whatever Jesus would ask him so he could have it done. Maybe someone of the other disciples had done him wrong, talked about him, said something, made him mad. And so he's thinking, hey, what do I need to do so I can get over this and be right? And Jesus basically put a number you can't, you can't reach. And he could have put 10 billion, it didn't matter. But basically he's telling us, who are you to try to ask how many times you should forgive somebody You've been forgiven more times than you're worth. And until we understand God's salvation and how much he loves us and how much he paid a price for us and how wicked we are, we'll never understand the power of forgiveness. Amen. But that is what makes our salvation so amazing. And how many know that one of our greatest problems as believers is that, you know, you start reading the, the Gospels and you realize we've got issues. We've got issues. You start thinking of all these things Jesus talked about. He was pretty smart. He knew us. He said, you try to take the little speck out of your brother's eye while you've got a big old log in yours. He said, don't do that. And so he's, he's trying to get us to understand that we as believers need to look in the mirror. And we need to realize, and we won't really be victorious until we realize how bad we are. How wicked we are. Because our human nature is to look at other people and go, man, they are bad. They, got, they are messed up. They are tore up from the floor up. They are jacked up. They are, they are true sinners. But do you realize, church, that we are, when it comes to sin, we are all on level ground? That is where you've got to understand, not consequentially, but without Jesus, stealing a piece of bubble gum or saying a tiny little white lie will send you to hell just like murdering 50 people will. Because sin is sin in God's eyes. And the littlest sin or the biggest sin is still going to send you to hell if you don't have forgiveness of Jesus. And so he says, if you don't forgive, I will not forgive. Forgive. If you're taking notes and you don't write anything else down, please write that down. I cannot be forgiven. Now listen, I'm not making this up. This is in the Bible. You'll hear, I, 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 God forbid you ever have to hear these words later in the name of Jesus. Amen. None of us are going to have to do that. You hear me? Because we'll make decisions tonight. I don't, I, I don't want to be that person. I don't want you to be that person. I don't want anybody in this place to be that person that does not make heaven their home because they can't forgive. God says, I I'm going to forgive you, but there's a, there's a stipulation. You have to forgive as well. And there's no, there's no uh, making, a, making a deal with God on that. So here, write this down. When you forgive, you in no way, this is powerful, you in no way change the past. 
Okay, when you forgive, you don't change the past, but what you do change is the future. That's a powerful thought. I cannot change the past by forgiving somebody, but I change my future. Let's look at Colossians chapter 3 and see the spirit and the attitude that we have to have to be able to truly forgive. Go to Colossians chapter 3 if you would. I don't mind if you're not saying amen too much. It's okay. As long as we get out of here set free. That's all that matters. And maybe we don't have anything in, against in our hearts. Praise God. Nothing like good old maintenance. Good old oil change. How many know it doesn't take long for bad attitudes to come in? You might have been good two weeks ago and tonight you, you got some issues. It don't take long. But we need to walk through life and be in church and, and, and go through everything we have to go through with the mentality of remembering how bad I was and that I, I don't even deserve to be here. I'm here by grace. Freely I've been given, freely I'm going to give. Free, freely I've received, freely I'm going to give. Amen? That's the attitude we need to have. Look at Colossians chapter 3. How many are new creations tonight, new creatures? Dwayne get a great testimony about this today, about what he went through. We, we can't act the way we used to act. Can't do the things we used to do. Talk the way you used to talk. We've got to be different. There's got to be something that sets us apart. And so my Bible says the character of the new man. Colossians 3.12. Therefore, as the elect of God. How many know you're the elect of God tonight? That doesn't mean you're chosen over somebody else. That means you chose to, to accept God. And you're God's elected. And holy and beloved, it says, put on tender mercies. I want to take this slow for a second. I want you to look at these words. What kind of character should we have if Jesus truly lives in us? Tender mercies. Kindness. Humility. Meekness. Long-suffering. Watch this. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, watch this. Even as Christ forgave you, so you also should do. Must. Does anybody's Bible say should? No. What does it say? That means that's not an option. He doesn't say, well, if you feel like it, or if the situation gives to that, then you forgive. He says, as Christ forgave you, you must forgive how many understand so far you it's not an option and you can sit there and you can crush your arms inside all you want and you can all you want and you can be mad all you want and you can say never forgetting that person all you want but i'm telling you you're in trouble if that's your attitude i'm just going to tell you in love you're in trouble you better lose that attitude because it's not going to get you anywhere but trouble and it's going to keep you not only from your destiny here on earth, but it's going to keep you from where you want to go. And I know some of you think, you don't know what's happened to me, and you don't know what I've been through. And I said in the beginning, I understand some of us have been through some really, really rough stuff, and none of us deserved it. But that does not take away from the fact that Jesus forgave us. How many are understanding that tonight? You will not get free. You will not have the chains break off your life until you realize that you are just as wicked 
as those people. You can't compare apples to apples when it comes to sin. You can't. You'll go crazy. Because in our minds, and our estimations, we can't fathom the fact, church, listen, that there are going to be people burning in hell that were very good people. Very good people. Law-abiding citizens. People who walked grandma across the street. People who gave to charities. People who fed the homeless. People who did whatever you want to say they did. They will be in hell because they did not accept the forgiveness of their sins by Jesus Christ. Period. And we have to get in the understanding that that person, listen, who did something to you, horrible. I'm talking rape. I'm talking murder. I'm talking uh, slander. I don't care what it is. Horrible things that have happened to you. That person, it will be in heaven if they give Jesus Christ their heart and ask him to forgive them. Our minds cannot wrap around that, but you better understand that that's a principle of God. You cannot compare their sin to yours or your sin to somebody else's or somebody else's sin to somebody else's. Sin is sin. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Period. Exclamation point. No question mark. But the gift of God is eternal life. He who confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord and believes in his heart that God's raised him from the dead shall be saved. Amen. So we got to understand that. We've got to understand, listen, this isn't an option for me. And let me tell you what happens because I've lived this. I, I've lived this just like you've lived this. Many of us have lived this where we thought, oh man, I ain't going to forgive that person because I'm not going to let him off the hook like that. Uh-uh. If I forgive, then I've forgotten. I can't do it. I can't let him go. And you don't realize you are not hurting that person one iota. You're not bothering them a bit. They could care less if you forgive them or not. What do you think you're doing to them? You're not hurting anybody but yourself. You're holding in something and you're holding it against them. And you think, oh, I'm not going to forgive them because it makes me feel good. And you really don't feel good. It's a lie of the devil. Power is in forgiveness. Now, here's what we would say. It's easy to love people who love us. Forgiveness is not for people who you already love. It's easy to forgive someone you love. He's asking us to forgive somebody that we don't love. That's the true power. And didn't Jesus die for us that way? What does it say in Romans? While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Do you understand how powerful the gospel is tonight? That Jesus did not expect us to get to some level of acceptance before he accepted us. He did not wait for us to come up to him as many religions teach that by works we're saved. That if you do this much good and do this much good and do this much right, then you can obtain salvation. Jesus said, no, I'm going to step out of my heavenly realm and I'm going to come down to you, to the lowliest sinner in the world. And while you're still in your worst sin, I'm going to die for you because I love you and my blood is going to shed for you. And if you accept me, there's forgiveness for that sin. I'm coming all the way down where you are. I'm not asking you to come up to me because you never could. That we could never be good enough to get to Jesus. How can you put a price on the blood of Jesus? 
on God. But see, one, I think one of the reasons we, we fail in this area is because we have not understood yet how powerful our salvation is. How dirty we were. Because again, we're really good at saying, well, oh, that person's worse than me, or oh, I'm not as bad a sinner as them. That's, that's our human nature. Our human nature needs to come back to say, you know what, I am a wicked sinner. I am, I am dead in my sin without Jesus. I need help. Thank God for his forgiveness. Write this down. There is no love without forgiveness. And there is no forgiveness without love. True love. Now that's going to lead me in to finish this message. If you're here and you have tried to forgive somebody in your own strength, you'll never do it. I failed that for many, many, many years. I tried to forgive in my own strength. And I got to a place where I realized I could not forgive in my own strength. I had to say, God, you have got to take over. And I had, I'm telling you, church, I've said this before, but it's been a long time probably since I've preached on forgiveness. I look back, I'm put me on blast. I, for, for many years, I had hatred for somebody. I'm talking hatred where I wanted them dead for a long, long time. I could care less about them. They did me so wrong. I hated them. And that was being a Christian minister. And I had to have a revelation from God. He said, in the state you're in, you're not going to heaven. And I have no doubt that if I wouldn't have got my heart right and forgave that person, if I'd have died, I'd have gone to hell. Are you hearing me? Because that's exactly what the scripture is telling us. That's, that's a statement out of the Bible. Because if you need me to read it again, I will. It's very simple. If you do not forgive, I will not forgive you. You can pray all you want. I've, I've told people before, and maybe this is your situation tonight. Maybe you're that kind of person that you love God. And you, and you I mean, you, you, you have no doubt that you love God. And you are trying to do everything right in your life. But something is, is, a, is a wall to you advancing in the kingdom. And you cannot quite understand why you cannot get victory. And it feels like sometimes your prayers are hitting the wall or the roof and they're not going up. I'm going to tell you why. Because you will not forgive. And as long as you have unforgiveness in your heart, the skies are closed. They're closed. They're totally closed. Because Jesus said very clearly, if you do not forgive their people, their debts, I will not forgive you yours. So that means, church, when I am in unforgiveness and I have something against somebody and I'm holding a grudge and I'm not forgiving, that means that when I pray and I ask Jesus to forgive me for my sins, he will not forgive me for my sins. And if I'm not being forgiven for my sins, I'm in trouble. Are you understanding that? This is, I'm telling you, this is a great deceit of the devil. He wants us to hate people. He wants us to hold things against people. And he has us thinking that we're actually doing something. Like we're really hurting them. Listen to this. Don't go there for time. Luke 6, 32 to 36. I'll just read it. <clears throat> but if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? This is Jesus' words. If you love those that love you, what credit is that to you? How many know that's easy? For even sinners love those who love them. 
And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. This is Jesus' words. And if you learn to lend to those who, from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. But then there's the big but. The big but, Jesus says. Uh, that B-U-T word is a strong one. But love your enemies. Do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return. And your reward will be great. And you will be, listen, the sons of the Most High. You follow me? Let me read that again. But love your enemies. Is he asking us to? Does he give us an option? I think you should. No, he says love your enemies. Just like he said, you do that. You, you forgive as I've forgiven you. As Christ forgave you, so you must also do. Lend, lend to them, do good to them, hoping for nothing in return. See, when you do that, when you lend and give and love, your heart is right. There's a heart issue if I'm expecting something back for everything I do. If I'm always, wait, if I do it to get a return, if I do it to get a return, if I do it to get a return, then I'm, something's wrong with my heart. But if I do it and I just leave it to God, I say, God, you saw that. I did that for you. If we're trying to please people, then something's wrong. But if we're doing it and saying, God, you saw that. You got to understand, church, God saw what somebody did to you. God saw it. And he keeps good books. Write that down in your notes. God keeps good books. And you might think you might have somebody who's done you wrong or hurt you and you see their life and it seems like they're prospering. It seems like they're doing better than you. It seems like they, 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 they're not getting punished for what they did. Listen, if their heart is wrong and they did you wrong, they're going to pay for what they did with God. He said, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. You leave them to the hands of God. But here's the crazy thing. Here's the crazy thing. Let me say it one more time. Here's the crazy thing. The radical thing is if your heart is right, you don't want even your enemies to suffer. If your heart is right, you want even those that have done wrong. You, you, you love God so much and you hate sin so much and you fear hell so much that you wouldn't want your worst enemy to go to hell. Somebody got that. A true heart although we could curse them, although we could say, oh God, have your way, something inside of us says, God, I'm just going to leave them to you. And the best thing that could happen is they could get saved. You don't think God will bless that heart? Sure he will. And then he says, watch this, where you're not looking at because I asked you just to listen. And your reward will be great. You'll be the sons of the Most High. For he is kind to the unthankful and the evil. Jesus is. Oh, I want to be like Jesus. Do we really? We say it. Oh, Lord, make me like you. Oh, Lord, let me talk like you. But we need to practice that. My verse today was, don't be hearers of the word only, but be doers of the word. 
Amen. Do you, do you really love people? Ask yourself that. I, I can't answer it for you. I'm not saying do you not have a bad day or get mad at them, but do you truly love people? If the love of God is in you, you're going to be thankful for God's mercy on your life. And you're going to want to give that mercy somewhere else. And he says, he says, he's kind of the unthankful and the evil. So he says, therefore, you be merciful, merciful, just as your father is also merciful. Somebody's going to get this. I hope. It's a powerful, powerful tool. Forgiveness. It can either make you or break you. And you go ahead and keep holding on to it. That's your choice. Free will. But you, if someone could come up to me after service and show me that I'm wrong in the scriptures or show me some of the verse that nullifies what Jesus is saying here, go ahead and show it to me. I've never found it. He's real serious. He says, I freely give you salvation. I freely give you freedom. I freely give you love and eternal life. And all I ask for you to do is give it to if somebody's done you wrong, you forgive them 70 times 7. I mean, no, that's way too many times to count. Way too many times. And that doesn't make us a pushover, church. It doesn't make us inhuman. It makes us understand, I don't deserve to be forgiven either. Who am I? We saw that in the story. We saw it very clearly in the parable. That this man had a great debt that he could never pay, 10,000 talents. I mean, today, even if we put that in dollars, if you had a debt right now that you had to pay, not, not some debt that you can pay in 20 years or whatever, but a debt that you had to pay for your life. If $10,000 was placed on your head tonight and you had a debt of that money, you'd be in trouble. I'd be in trouble. And that debt would be great. Put it at a million, put it at 100,000, whatever. And then... Somebody, and we would get forgiven of that debt, and then all of a sudden, somebody else would come along and owe us hardly anything. We'd say, oh, you owe me. I'm sending you to jail. That's the attitude and the spirit that we have as believers many times. We forgive what we've been forgetting of. I'm going to show a video in just a second that's just three minutes that's going to sum up forgiveness. And then I want to pray for you tonight, and I believe some people are going to have some chains broken. Some chains broken, amen, of forgiveness and unforgiveness. It might be a small thing. It might be something you've tried for years to get over. It might be something you, 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 you thought you were over and you've let back in. I don't know what it is, but if you've got any unforgiveness in your heart, church, I pray tonight that God is speaking to you and telling you, you have got to forgive. <clears throat> I want to read one more thing. It's a good thing to write down too. He that cannot forgive others, and think about this, he that cannot forgive others breaks the bridge over which he must himself pass. So I'm over here, and I need to get over there. And this, the bridge is forgiveness. And as I have unforgiveness, the bridge is broken. And you can see that as salvation. God and what's, what's in between me and, and my destiny is unforgiveness. And as long as I don't forgive, the bridge is broken. I can try all I want to do the cross. How many know you cannot get over something that needs a bridge without a bridge? 
period. So I keep trying to go over that bridge and I realize I'm never going to get over this bridge, which is forgiveness, unless I forgive. And as soon as I forgive, the bridge goes up and I can cross over. For every man, listen, I'm going to read that again. He that cannot forgive others breaks the bridge over which he must pass himself. For every man has the need to be forgiven. Every man. Amen. You ready for that, Dylan? I'm going to have the musicians come up while this is, while this is going on too. <clears throat> and then we'll pray. With one of the most potent powers on earth, it can change lives in an instant. Everyone has it. It's the power to forgive. Watch it now in action in Steve Hartman's Assignment America. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord. In a small apartment building in North Minneapolis, Thank a 59-year-old teacher's aide sings praise to God for no seeming apparent reason. Indeed, if anyone was to have issues with the Lord, it would be Mary Johnson. For all you've done for me. He never had a chance. In February 1993, Mary's son, Loramian Bird, was shot to death during an argument at a party. He was 20 and Mary's only child. My son was gone. The killer was a 16-year-old kid named O'Shea Israel. I wanted justice. He was an animal. He deserved to be caged. And he was. Tried as an adult and sentenced to 25 and a half years, O'Shea served 17 before being recently released. He now lives back in the old neighborhood, close to Mary. This close. He lives next door. Next door. How a convicted murderer ended up living a door jam away from his victim's mother is a story not of horrible misfortune, as you might expect, but of remarkable mercy. A few years ago, Mary asked if she could meet O'Shea here at Minnesota Stillwater State Prison. As a devout Christian, she felt compelled to see if there was some way, if somehow, she could forgive her son's killer. What'd she say to you? I believe the first thing she said was, look, you don't know me, I don't know you, let's just start with right now. And I was befuddled myself. O'Shea says they met regularly after that. When he got out, she introduced him to her landlord, who, with Mary's blessing, invited O'Shea to move into the building. Today, they don't just live close, they are close. Clearly, Mary was able to forgive. Unforgiveness is like cancer. It will eat you from the inside out. It's not about that other person. Me forgiving him does not diminish what he's done. Yes, he murdered my son, but the forgiveness is for me. It's for me. For O'Shea, it hasn't been that easy. I haven't totally forgiven myself yet. I'm learning how to forgive myself, and I'm still growing towards, you know, trying to forgive myself and what it is I've done. To that end, O'Shea is now busy proving himself to himself. He works at a recycling plant by day and goes to college by night. He says he's determined to pay back Mary's clemency by contributing to society. In fact, he's already working on it, singing the praises of God and forgiveness at prisons, churches, to large audiences everywhere. Forgiveness is a powerful thing. Yes, I'm grateful. Which explains why Mary can sing her praise of thanks to her audience of one. Steve Hartman, CBS News, Minneapolis. Amen, isn't that powerful? 
So, I don't know if anybody's had something that bad happen, but man, that's powerful. And the other part that I'm so thankful that that guy said is, maybe you're here and you don't forgive yourself. That's a huge one too. Huge. One thing is I don't forgive somebody else, but what if you don't forgive yourself? Same penalty. Same penalty. And you need to realize that when Jesus Christ died on that cross, he died for your sins and other people's sins, sins that have been committed against you and sins you have committed against other people. There's an old saying, she, she almost hit it, but from a different angle, that when you don't forgive, it's like being a prisoner in your own cage. You're not, you, don't have, you, you think that you're making them a prisoner, but you're not. You're the prisoner in your own cage. And you can be released at any time by forgiving. Maybe you are in a prison cage of your own tonight. Because how many know we are our worst enemies? And maybe you for a long time have said, God, I, I struggle with this. Have you really? Or maybe there's a doubt. I can understand, as you probably can too, that how that guy's struggling with his forgiveness because you think, man, I took someone's life. And yes, he paid... 17 years in prison but he still took somebody's life and he's having to deal with that but he needs to get that understanding that he is forgiven and you know what that's faith faith says I believe I am forgiven amen I am forgiven tonight church don't hold grudges please let those things go if somebody's done something wrong to you tonight that's what the altar's for can come up and you can lay it down and you can say God I've released that person I forgive them you might not have the opportunity like she did to go personally talk to that person but don't don't go unwarned tonight I'm giving you the scriptures and I believe it's a fact if you don't forgive you won't be forgiven and it might be holding you back from all kinds of answered prayer tonight release that person release yourself amen Let's pray tonight. Father, we thank you.